Hello, and welcome to Desert Island Discs, I guess. Um, I, I was trying to think of a clever Doctor Who pun on that. Just, just go with Desert Island Doctors. Yeah, but we're not doing Desert Island Doctors, are we? We could do. No. Do you want to scrap the format and do something to that instead, Matt? No. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I'm Matt and this is David, by the way. Oh, yes. Hello. Um, it's a bonus <laughs> episode. All formalities are out of the window. Um, and it's not just any bonus episode. We're not We're not going to talk about Doctor Who once. Uh, I mean, well, we might still. Who knows? Um, yeah. I mean... I, I do have a habit of steering almost any conversation towards Doctor Who um, in, in uh, anything up to uh, sort of five minutes. I think I think I can usually manage it within that. I think my record's probably yeah. about twenty seconds. No, no Doctor Who allowed today. <laughs> so instead. Um, you pitched this to me, Matt, as basically indulging my musical whims. Um, yeah, I felt a little bit guilty a while ago that I, I proposed that I gave you a bit of time to talk about music and then just didn't. <laughs> yep. It was, uh, you know... I, it, it, just couldn't be bothered when it got round to it. Just yeah. pulled the rug out from right underneath you. You did rather, you did rather. But it's fine, it's... Um, I. I to be fair, I you know I know I come along I I come across strong when it comes to music. You know, it it uh, next to Doctor Who, it is my main passion, and the kind of music that I like is very specific, and not the sort of thing that most people like for understandable reasons. Um, but I you know can't change who I am, can't change what I love. Um, and it is nice to have an opportunity to talk about it, especially with a dear friend like you, Matt. Um, so yeah. it's not just... Mer- gonna... Merry Christmas, by the way. Oh, yeah, Merry we Christmas. Forgot to say Mer- I forgot Yeah, I, we're, we're recording this one in uh, in late October, but we, we're planning yeah. to probably pop it up on the feed yeah. sometime around. That's Christmas. it. The only reason I agreed to do this is so I can have a week off over Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, you're going to talk about your musical... Um, interests as well um we, we we're taking we are just stealing wholesale the classic uh desert island discs format um but we're, we're kind of going to do it in tandem uh matt's going to give me his desert island discs and i'm going to um do mine so um between they, you might notice a bit of a contrast listeners <laughs> Yeah, as but, we uh, uh, why, why don't you if you listen to this why don't you make like a nice spotify playlist and then walk around your house pretending you're David. Well, to be honest, I was planning on doing Spotify playlists for um, for both of our lists. Um, oh, so, right. so okay. it, um, if I've if I've bothered to do that, listeners, to have a look in the show notes. Should there should be links there? If not, just assume I got busy or forgot. Um, maybe pester yeah. me on Twitter, and I'll see if I can rustle something up. But um, yeah, I. I so I should say up front, Matt, this has been torture, <laughs> absolute torture this past week, trying to put together this list. Um, yeah, so we've whittled it down to eight songs each. That's the Desert Island Disc rules. That is, yes, indeed. So you get the Bible, the complete works of Shakespeare, yep. eight, eight songs and one luxury item. Do you not get to choose one book as well? I think you get one, one book in, of, of your own choosing. 
Yeah, I chose the Bible on your behalf. <laughs> so you don't have two Bibles, are you? Yeah, you can just have two. Uh, well, thanks, Matt. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean I'll, the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's two books. I was about to make a joke, but I think I'll move on before I before I say something deeply offensive. Um, right, uh, let's. Should we just crack on? Should we just dive into this? Yeah. So um, are we go in one of yours, one of mine. I think so. Yeah, I'll kick us off if you like. Um, so the first one that I, on my list was the the easiest one. It was the only real kind of set in stone. I, I knew the second you said, hey, David, you want to do your Desert Island Discs, that this would be on there and it would be the first one on there. Uh, and that is Sylvia by Focus. And there is a little story attached to this one. There won't be uh, stories attached to all of my, my um, selections. But this was the piece of music that de- would go on to define my taste in music um, it, for, the, for the rest of my life, basically. It was, it was the one that started it all for me. Um, so I've mentioned before on the podcast that my dad was a keyboardist, um, a pianist, piano teacher, church organist. Um, and for a few years in the early 90s, he had a uh, a band, a little trio. Um, it was him. It was um, my uncle, my mum's brother, uh, on guitars, and a mutual friend of theirs on drums. And they'd play, you know, wedding receptions and you know, cricket grounds, things like that. You know, it was playing for beer money, basically. It was never the day job. Um, and it was, you know, instrumental covers of... of um, different kinds of popular music, little bit of light jazz in there. They were all big into jazz and I'm sure would have quite happily played nothing but jazz if if there was any market for that whatsoever. Um, uh, but snuck in amongst the set was this track, Sylvia, by Focus. I don't, uh, are you familiar at all with Focus, Matt? There is one I'm song not. of theirs that you definitely would recognise, uh, which is Hocus Pocus, which is the one that's got that riff. Gets used on a lot of uh, adverts and um, film soundtracks and things like that. And it's got yodeling in it. It's a bit of a novelty track. Um, Sylvia's a little bit more laid back and a little more... Um, it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful piece of music. And... Uh, I used to listen to them rehearsing that piece of music and I would just beg them to play it again and again. I was, you know, would have been, what, seven, eight years old, something like that. But I just, I loved that tune um, with, this, you know, gorgeous Hammond organ in the background and, and, and Jan Ackerman, uh, uh, well, on the studio version, it's Jan Ackerman's guitar line, which is just this most gorgeous melody you will ever hear anyone play on a guitar. Um and, and my uncle did a pretty damn good... He's no Jan, Jan Ackerman, but he was a very good guitarist. Um, and, I, you know, I didn't really have much context for it at the time. It was just that one tune that my, my, my dad's band played that I loved. Until a few years later, um, we were moving house and my parents rediscovered their vinyl collection and their record player, as, you know, so often happens in these situations, and tucked in amongst 
their records was um, Focus 3, the album with, with this track on. And so my dad played it to me. And it was my first time actually hearing the original um, version. And I was just spellbound all over again. And by this time we had access to the internet. So I started researching. So what kind of band is Focus? Oh, they're progressive rock. Oh, maybe I like progressive rock. Started exploring progressive rock. Turns out, yes, I bloody well did like progressive rock. It was the thing for me. Do you? Because you you never mention it. (laughs) So... it, it was it kind of it, it was it was the it was the start of the rabbit hole this one tune uh and you know i played that that uh copy of focus 3 to absolute death um and you know it it just it, it all spiraled from there so it's it's an absolutely I couldn't. This is one of those pieces of music that I absolutely could not live without because it was the one that started with it. So that's it. Sylvia, I focus. So Matt, um, what's what's your first pick? Well, funnily enough, I, I've gone similar to you. Well, I've my first pick is the first song I can ever recall absolutely loving. Right. That actually meant anything. Mm-hmm. So instead of just you know like bubblegum pop, so I, I've gone for "Every Breath You Take" by The Police. Right. And. The story behind it was back in the days, possibly even before MTV was a thing, uh, we had this VHS and it was by Hanna-Barbera, the cartoon company. Oh, yeah, I know and them. It, it was called it was called Top Rock, where they had animated music videos using their properties. And there's <laughs> it's, it's up on YouTube. You can search for it. But the, the video to this, Every Breath You Take, is Fred Flintstone trying to charm Wilma. And it sounds stupid, but it's the most romantic thing in the world. <laughs> it, it, it's this beautiful, like, cartoon. And Wil- Wilma Flintstone's looking pretty hot in it, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, just everywhere I go, this song is like followed me through life and I, I, I just love it I love you know I love the lyrics I love that riff everything about it uh, like I say the first song I ever really loved so yeah every breath you take by the police fantastic every breath you take 
I could if so, I if I could have edited in the uh, the video to this podcast, yeah. I would have. But uh, I'm going to have yeah. to look that up later. That sounds fascinating. Mark. It is. That's, it's beautiful. That's that's such a weird product of the '90s home video <laughs> era, isn't it? You would, that wouldn't yeah. happen now. No. Um, so, do you want to yeah. take us through your second song? Okay. So, my second song um, was I. I knew I had to pick something by Cardiacs. Cardiacs are the most special band to me. Um, I think that that um, they the uh, now sadly departed Tim Smith is um, a true genius, unappreciated in his time. And my sincere hope is one day people will talk about him the way people talk about the likes of you know, Frank Zappa and, 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 you know, other great iconoclastic experimentalists of the 20th century and indeed 21st in Tim Smith's case, you know, cardiac started in the late seventies, went all the way through until, um, Tim's health basically, uh, put them in a position where, where they could no longer be an operating concern. And it, I was lucky enough to see them live a couple of times. I wish I could have seen them all. They were an incredible live band. And so I wanted to pick a live track, and particularly a, a, a live track with the lineup that I knew, which was their final lineup, which included Carlos Tarabi on, on guitar. Um, and the only official release from that period in the band's history was the Special Garage concerts, which was really an interesting thing they did where they took a lot of their early material, you know, that late 70s, early 80s stuff that that had never been officially released on a studio album was just like, you know, murky demos on, on, on secondhand cassette tapes and things like that. And they dusted them off and performed them live. Um, and so I've gone for the first track from that, which is uh, Gibber and Twitch, which is Cardiacs at their most full throttle and insane um but it's 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 a glorious racket and you'll either love it love it or hate it and you know they never made any apology for what they did they never made any concessions to the to the whims of fashion or 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 the music press or anything else they just you know they, they were true originals and um if it clicks then uh you know nothing else will compare so that's uh gibber and twitch
Right then, Matt. Um, what's your what's your second pick? So I, I I've gone for a song where I, I can't remember who said it, but I, I think it might have been David Bowie. But somewhere I, I've heard this quote, and it it's something like the point of listening to rock and roll is to listen to music that would scare your parents. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I remember really, really vividly, one day I was at home, again, MTV or whatever, flicking through the music channels, and I saw this band, and I was immediately enamoured by them. It was like nothing I'd ever seen, nothing I'd ever heard, the, the presentation, just the sound, and, and that band is Arcade Fire. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, I, I, bu- I bought their album Neighbourhoods, mm-hmm. loved every song on it, but the song I'm going for is from their follow-up album, Neon Bible, and I, I saw the Foo Fighters doing a cover of this song that I've chosen, in which Dave Grohl says that this song is so magical that he set it as his alarm clock, so he could hear it every day. And I've actually done the same. This is my alarm clock. Um, I, I listen to it every day in full. First thing I listen to on a morning gets me ready for the day. So I've gone for Keep the Car Running by Arcade Fire. Just an absolute magic of a song. Fantastic. I, I did actually have that album at one point, you know, Matt. I picked it up from a charity shop 
um, probably about a decade ago. And um, yeah, I, 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 Arcade Fire, a weird one for me. I sort of enjoy some of what they do, but not enough that it sticks with me necessarily. Um, but I, I have nothing but respect for, for them and what, what they, what they I, do. I would say those three albums, Neighbourhoods, Neon Bible, Suburbs, I could listen to all day, every day. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, next artist um, I went with, is I got, again, it was, it was one where I knew I had to have something, but it was a case of narrowing it down. Um, so, it's a song by Yes who for me is the quintessential progressive rock band. I think um it you know if 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 someone says to me David what is progressive rock I would just uh point them in the direction of close to the edge their their album um which is just majestic experimental groovy it's you know absolute apex top tier progressive rock. Um this is from one of their slightly later albums where they were, you know, they spent a couple of years trying to chase and top close to the edge, if you like. Um, and some would say they went too far as a result. Um, but I, I absolutely love uh, the album this is from. It's an album called Relayer where they push things in a slightly jazzier direction. Um, and in particular, the, 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 the song which takes up the entirety of side one of that album about just shy of 25 minutes in total uh the gates of delirium which is a piece of music um that basically presents war in its entirety uh from the first stokings up of fear and division through this insane dramatic experimental um you know jazz-tinged soundscape depicting the horror and brutality of war itself and then it concludes with this absolutely heartbreakingly gorgeous vocal section uh subtitled soon where john anderson is just singing his guts out and just hoping hoping upon hope that one day humanity will 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 understand the futility of war um so it's it's heavy stuff but it's so pure and i think it in some ways it it's it's both yes at their most direct and their most abstruse and abstract all at once um it, it's it's an incredible piece of music um even if you hate it you cannot fault the ambition of what is on display there so that's uh, the gates of the near by yes
So, Matt, uh, tell me about your third pick. Right, my, my third pick is probably the most important song of my life. If, if somebody asked me what was my taste in music, this is the song I would divert them to. It came out when I was around 15, mm-hmm. and I listened to it quite probably every day since. Um, it, it's the song I listened to prior to proposing to my wife, because it was the only thing that would calm my nerves. So, quite literally, the soundtrack to my life. Um, so, the song is The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. Um, their album, um, it was called Bleed American, but they changed it to self-titled because of 9-11. So, it, it, it's just called Jimmy Eat World. I think they still refer to it as Bleed American. Is the album for me like that was i i can point to that and say you know that's my band that's my album if that makes sense that was when my taste was 100 percent formed and you know the middle it's about overcoming adversity you know having a bit of inner strength and when I was 15 years old or so, you know, it's a message you need to hear. It's a message I still need to hear. So, uh, it plus, it's got a fucking brilliant guitar solo. So, yeah, The Middle by Jimmy World. Pick number three for me. So it's uh, pick number four for me, and if Yes are the quintessential classic progressive rock band, Gentle Giant are my favourite. They are a little bit out there compared to 
you know, your Emerson Lake and Palmers and your King Crimsons and what have you. Um, their music is really knotty and, and, and a, a jigsaw puzzle kind of effect of all these interlocking different grooves and things. But on top of that, they could be me. And, uh, like, in a weird, jagged way, you could dance to it. Um, and again, they were an incredible live band. And if, uh, if there was one band that I could travel back in time and see. In fact, if, if the Doctor turned up with their TARDIS um, right now and said, come on, anywhere in time and space, I'd say 1975, any Gentle Giant concert. Yeah, but that, that's how every episode starts. You'd end up in, like, feudal China. It would be worth the risk, Matt. It would be <laughs> worth the risk for the chance to see uh, Gentle Giant live. Um, the closest I got was there was a, a, re- a semi-reunion of some members of the band, but not the full band lineup. Um, they did a few gigs for, for uh, a few years, and I, I went to the very first one. I travelled the entire length of, of England uh, to see that show because it, they mean that much to me. Um, so this this track in particular is free, and um, lyrically I love it because it's just an exploration of um, just throwing off the shackles whether it's you know a relationship that's gone wrong and you're just glad to to be out of it or um you know i i it felt very applicable to me earlier this year when i was i finally made the decision that i I had to move out of my my previous job into something else um in fact they wrote it because they were sort of celebrating the end of a record contract (laughs) and the start of a new one um but it's it's just it, it's got everything that i love about them the complexity the grooviness um for all of their pretensions they are having an absolute blast playing this music and it shows especially in the live recordings um so this is a live edition of freehand by Jimmy Jack.
Okay, Matt, um, tell us about your number four. I, I, I could have picked eight songs today, all by Bruce Springsteen. Really? Um, so my, my fourth song is going to be a Bruce Springsteen song. My early music taste was very, very, just like you discussed earlier, reflected by my dad and what my dad was listening to. Yeah. And when I got a little bit older, I was like, hang on a minute, what, why does my dad like Bruce Springsteen so much? And then I was like, holy shit, he's singing about my dad. <laughs> and then when I got a bit older, I was like, holy shit, he's singing about me. <laughs> and, you know, just that, I mean, pretty much nine-tenths of Bruce Springsteen songs are, I go to work, I work really hard, but I've got a nice girl at home. Um, and that pretty much sums my dad up in a sentence. Yeah. You know, a lot of his songs are about driving fast cars and being in love. And, you know, my dad's a mechanic. And there's one song in particular, The River, I can't even listen to. Mm. Um, I, I just can't. But the song I've gone for is what I would point to as the best rock song of all time. And I know that's that's very much Dr. Fox, isn't it? Like, hey, tune in and we'll tell you the number one rock song. <laughs> but I, I'm going for Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen. It is, It has everything a good rock song should have. Mm -hmm. And again, like, I, when I listen to it, I, I picture my parents. Fantastic. So, want to run Bruce Springsteen. In the day we sweated out on the streets of a runaway American dream. At night we ride the mansions of glory and suicide machines. Sprung from So, Matt, we're at the halfway point. Yep. Um, 
going to mix things up a little bit. This is probably the weirdest pick out of anything on my list. I I listen to a lot of very, very strange, very difficult, very experimental music that isn't necessarily something that I would, you know, come back to again and again. It's like you listen to it for the experience and the challenge and the way it pushes and pulls your brain. But if I'm stranded on a desert island, it's not necessarily the sort of thing I'm going to be gravitating towards all the time. Um, but when you start getting into experimental music, it's only about time before you hear about Captain Beefheart. Um, and, you know, that's presumably a name that even rings a bell for you, Matt. Uh, is he the man that runs the butchers in town? Yeah, very funny. Uh, but yeah, and <laughs> specifically, there's an album of his that's utterly notorious, Trout Mask Replica. It's um, it's insane. It's incredibly hard to digest. I gave it a crack. Didn't get on with it at all. Couldn't get my head around why anybody would choose to listen to that kind of music. Um, fast forward a couple of years. I dipped a toe into a different album, more or less at random, uh, Shiny Beast, um, a couple of years down the line. And it takes everything that was weird and strange about the sort of demented, angular uh, blues of um, Trout Mask Replica, and it reconstitutes it into something slightly more structured, but still completely off the beaten track. And... um, it was what made me understand what an amazing lyricist Captain Beefheart is as well. His 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 lyrics are pure poetry. Um, in in like the true sense, they they, they are just these these tumbling, cascading images and and and, and juxtapositions. Um, it doesn't make a lick of sense, but it doesn't matter because it makes you feel stuff. Um, and I can't, I can't really articulate what this track does to my brain, but it's, um, it's um, the centerpiece of, of, of that album, Shiny Beast. It's a track called Bat Chain Puller. And that is my uh, number five pick. Bat Chain Puller. Bat chain puller, puller, puller. A chain with yellow lights that glistens like oil beads. On its slick smooth trunk that trails behind on cracks and thumps. Yes. It 
whistles like a root snatched from dry earth, sod busts and rakes with gray dust claws, announces its coming in the morning. This train with gray tubes that houses people's very thoughts and So, Matt, um, tell me about your number five. Um, prob- probably is not not as out there as your pick that ex- we've just gone through. I expect not. Um, but th- this is probably my left of centre pick. Okay. Um, because when, when I was putting this list together, um, I think I've listened to more music on my, my phone this week than ever. Um I noticed that I've gone for quite a lot of rock music, which is probably where I would, you know, go to Mm -hmm. if I was listening. But I also really like hip-hop, which I know is like a white middle-class man isn't the coolest thing in the world to say. Um, So I I knew I had to put some hip-hop in there. Um, And in particular, this... Don't worry, this is where I steer it back around to being totally uncool. Um, I, I wanted to put some chip, chip, chip tune. Oh, right, uh, nice. Or, or some nerdcore in there. And in particular, one artist, I, I mention him all the time on the podcast. Uh, I wanted to put some Mega Ram in there. All right, yeah. So I've I, I mentioned him before in that how I discovered him was one of my favourite computer games, Final Fantasy VII. He released an album called Black Materia, which is the entire soundtrack to that game, but with him wrapping the plot of the game over the top of it, uh, and I, I could listen to it again all day. It, it just that game and that story are so dear to me that you know I immediately fell in love with Mega Ram, but. The, the song I've gone for isn't from that album. I've gone for a song called Infinite Lives, uh, which, again, you know, the, the the kind of crux of the story is that that computer game idea of having infinite lives, yeah. but how if you touch other people's lives, you live forever. Hmm. And, it again, it's one of those songs that no matter what's gone on, through the day, I put that on in the car. Mood immediately improves. You know, it's just, it's just such a positive message that, again, the the whole song is just on point for me. So yeah, I'm gonna go for Infinite Lives by Mega Ram. Disagree, cause you can live forever and forever doesn't cease. Live through your creations and the people that you teach. So I live through my music eternally through the beats. First email says I'm digging that verse. The next four emails I'm missing that merch. You can't take it with you, and so I never intended to. For my last interview, this is the gift I'm sending you. Never gonna die. 
is as you share the highs and the lows. Experimentation with the flows, cause God knows. She learned more about life from Pox, Pox, whose works than she ever could have gotten in church. Is that wrong? Living for that song? Learning from that lyric and steering others from wrong? We living off love, never needing a meal. Full from the enlightenment and warmth that we feel, yeah. Overflow of emotion from chilling, chasing the girls to floating over the ocean and maybe changing the world. First two emails like, hey, that's tight. Next few emails, you changed my life. Even if I inspire and people call it a timely, all you gotta do is rewind me, cause I've got infinite life. Great, so, so my, my number six pick um, is, I think, the newest track on my list. It's uh, from an album that came out a few years ago. Um, I can't remember exactly what date it is. I don't have it in front of me. But um, but certainly within the last sort of, I, I want to say, five or six years. Um, and it's from a, from a band called Big Big Train. So uh, whilst it is it's probably the newest thing on the, on the list, it's probably also the most middle-aged dad pick on, on the list okay. for me. Um, because what, what Big Big Train do is... Um, they they are a prog band, but they um they have a certain what's the what's the best way I can describe it? It's very anarchy in 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 a heartfelt way. Um, and the track I've gone for is, is a Mead Hall in Winter, and I lo- I adore the lyrics to to this piece of music. Um. It's sort of a celebration of uh, the 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 thinkers of the Victorian era and and the sort of the lack of separation between science and art when you are in periods of of, of genuine enlightenment, um, where. It, it, it all comes down to the same thing, whether you're a poet or a painter or an astronomer or an explorer. You're all you're all in search of the same thing. You're all in search of a form of truth um, and beauty and understanding. And, you know, our society, I think, increasing, I think it's it is a, an issue with with things like, you know, uh, education systems and things like that, but entirely by necessity, things are very compartmentalized. We don't always see the joins and the linkages between these various disciplines. Um, the idea that that um, you know studying drama is how is somehow completely removed from from studying physics. Uh, perhaps it shouldn't be in some ways. Because one can ver- definitely inform the other, um, and that's kind of I, I I love it on that level. And also, it's it's just it's gorgeous, sumptuous music. It's pulling influences from from folk and rock and jazz, and you know that it, all all in a blender in in in, in beautiful classic prog style. Um, it's gorgeous stuff. So that's uh, a mead hall in winter by Big Big Train.
So, Matt, what's your number six? So, uh, it, it's only once I've talked about these songs, I've realised it makes it sound like I'm, like, borderline depressed because I, 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 <laughs> I picked a lot of songs that that pick me up, you know, that really do improve my mood. Yeah. Um, so I've gone for a song called Up the Wolves by the Mountain Goats, which, again, I, it's a song about overcoming adversity and staying strong. Mm. And it, it was only when I did a little bit of research I realised it's a song that the, I forget the guy's name, the lead singer of the Mountain Goats wrote about an abusive stepdad. Mm. <laughs> um, so, so John... John... Something begins with a D, doesn't it? I forget now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the the connotations are slightly different when yeah. I listen to it. Um, but yeah, it's just about, you know, staying strong, you know, hoping for good things to come. Is that the one with the lyric, um, I'm going to make it through this year if it kills me? Is that the one? No, no, no. no. That one. That, that's, that's called This Year. Right. Funnily yeah. enough. Uh. No. No, so yeah, up the wolves by yeah. the mountain goats. I'm trying. I'm just trying because I I know some of his discography, but I don't know all of it. I'm trying to remember if I if I know this track or not. It's the one where the chorus is our mother has been absent ever since we founded Rome. Yes, no, I do know this one. Yes, yeah, but a, there's going to be a party when the wolf comes it's home. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. There's bound to be a ghost at the back of your closet No matter where you live There'll always be a few things, maybe several things That you're gonna find really difficult to forgive So my number seven um, is probably obscure even by my list standards. Um, it's uh, by an artist called Max Tundra, uh, who's not been terribly prolific, uh, much much to my disappointment. But uh, when he does release something, it's usually um, well worth listening to. He's so so utterly impossible to categorise, sort of working in the vein of um, electronic music, but not afraid of using instruments that go beyond that. Um, and uh, sonically, somewhere between Square Pusher and Steely Dan. Um, 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I could describe it any better than that, or any worse for that matter. Uh, but this is a track from his um, uh, most recent studio album, which was way back in 2008, um, uh, an album called Parallax Era Beheads You, and, and this is a track called Until We Die. So, Matt, tell me about your number seven pick. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to be a bit soppy here, David. Because you've, 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 been, you've been so unemotional up until this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've picked a song that I think, well, it, it basically says how I feel about my wife. Oh. And, you know, if I could put it into words, this is the song I would pick. Um, so I, I, I'll try and read a specific bit of the lyrics. Uh, I'll probably end up crying, so you can edit this out. So the, the song is Into My Arms by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Mm -hmm. And it's a song basically about how he doesn't believe in God or anything like that, but he believes in love. Uh. So when whenever I hear this straight away, I'm I'm an absolute wreck. So the lyrics are: I don't believe in the existence of angels, but looking at you, I wonder if that's true. And if I did, I'd summon them together and ask them to watch over you, to burn a candle for you, to make bright and clear your path, and walk like Christ in grace and love, and guide you into my arms. So, there we go. I, th I think it's the best love song ever written, but, you know, it's just beautiful. Been an interventionist God. 
darling that you do But if I did I would kneel down and ask him Not to intervene when it came to you Well not to touch a hair in your head Leave you as you are If he felt he had to direct you And direct you into my arms Into my arms Oh Lord Into my arms Oh Lord Into my arms Oh Lord Into my arms of angels Looking at you I wonder if that's true But if I did I would summon them together And ask them to over you Well to each burn a candle for you to make bright and clear your path and to walk like Christ in grace and love and guide you into my arms Into my arms Oh Lord Into my Okay, so I'm on to my final pick. Um, and at this point, I wish I could just go on a massive tangent about all of the hundreds of other artists that I wished I could have showcased and talked about. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm always discovering new music. That One of the great joys of music for me is the sense of exploration there's so there's always people out there doing something you've never heard before and that's what excites me about music um but i i have had to narrow it down and i had to include something from the canterbury scene now the canterbury scene was a sort of loose collective of musicians you could say working you know, they they were sort of part of the the seventies first wave of progressive rock, but kind of they were extremely British and doing their own thing. And they would they would swap bandmates all the time, and you know, old bands would dissolve after an album or two, and then new configurations would pop up six months later and do something different under a new name. And um, selling records never seemed to be on anyone's mind at any point, um, and and musically they there's a strong psychedelic element to it there's a strong jazz influence a huge jazz influence um and it's some of the most incredible musicianship you will ever hear uh and that's completely undercut by the fact that they never took themselves remotely seriously and so there's a lot of humor and whimsy as well in their music um 
it was a toss-up for me between uh, Mumps by Hatfield in the North and Tenemos Roads by National Health. I've ultimately gone for the latter um, because I think it is perhaps one of the greatest compositions of the 20th century and it will never get the credit it deserves because it was released by an obscure British sort of jazz rock sort of not group um, during the rise of punk when nobody was paying any attention to what they were doing um, and it's heartbreaking because it is, it is truly from a compositional standpoint it is phenomenal from a lyrical standpoint I think it is magical uh, Barbara Gaskin's vocals are just like like they come from another plane of reality. Um, it is it is transportive. It is playful. It is rousing, um, and it's like nothing else you will ever hear. Um, and I couldn't live without it. I couldn't live without this piece of music. It is such a part of me and has been since I first heard it when I would have been, what, I don't know, 19 years old. Um, I, yeah, it, life would be would be a lot poorer for me uh, if, I, if I didn't have Tenemos Roads to stick on uh, once every few months. So there you go. And uh, Matt, then, it is time. Yeah. Tell us about your final pick. So I, I wanted to pick a good final song 
to send everyone home happy. And yeah. for me, there's no better song for that than Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Every good party I've ever been to, this has been the final send home song. You know, I know it's the final song they play in their sets, and I, I, I'm not necessarily saying they're my favourite, but I think Foo Fighters are probably one of the most important bands of my lifetime, and I think this is one of the most important songs that they've done. So, you know, it's a song, even my mum likes this song. That's how good it is. Um, saying a lot. Yeah. Mum approved. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm going for Everlong by the Foo Fighters. So we've got a little bit of business before we wrap up. Um, mm -hmm. The small matter of luxuries and books. So I, I'll, I'll go first, I guess. My my luxury item, in keeping with the general uh, trend of my um, picks throughout this, is really obscure and strange. Um, and will take a little bit of explaining. But um, as listeners will know, I'm a big enthusiast of tabletop gaming and I, I play a lot of solo uh, gaming as well because it's you know it's just a nice way to wind down of an evening is to just move some cards and, and counters and things around and have a little think to myself um, it's one of the ways I unwind and um, a few years ago an absolutely brilliant uh, amateur game designer uh, invented a new deck of cards called the deck tet um, 
and it's incredibly wonky and strange and also kind of brilliant um the cards in it there are six suits each card is dual suited um and there are some additional cards that are actually triple suited um in addition to having numbers or um uh, ranks they also have very detailed illustrations and names of of sort of places and things um a bit like a tarot deck um and what what this very wonky deck means is is it's full of potential for for game design which you couldn't do with an ordinary deck of 52 playing cards um and i've had so much fun over the years playing different people's designs for games to play with the deck tet and also tinkering around and inventing a few of my own and i think nothing would keep me better occupied on a desert island than uh having a deck tet and, and a few counters and things to to facilitate uh different game designs uh for that and uh my book choice um i think it's got to be hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> perhaps a little obvious but it's um I loved it when I first read it, aged about thirteen, and it's it's you know it's it's again it's something that's very much shaped my sense of humour, the way I view the world, and it's just uh, yeah, it it it's a very very special book for me. That one. What about you, Matt? Um, so for my luxury item, I would take a wash bag, bar of soap, <laughs> flannel, deodorant. You know, I, I, I just think cleanliness is next to godliness. And one one thing I can't bear is, like, after a day at work, if I come home and I'm a bit sweaty, I, I have to have a shower. I quite often have, like, three showers a day sometimes. Crikey. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of baths, something like that at the weekend. I, I yeah. just can't live without feeling I mean, clean. Your your back to work baths are the, are the stuff of legend at this point. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure you've when talked we, about them on the podcast before. When we get to the end of the summer holidays, ceremonial back to work bath cost me about fifty quid. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's just one of those things where if I'm at work and I'm like, oh, I'm a bit sweaty, I end up getting real anxiety about it. So yeah, yeah. a wash bag with a nice bar of soap. A flannel and big stick of deodorant. And Lovely. for my book, I think I might go for Jurassic Park, just because I, it, it's my all-time favourite film. I know it word for word. I'd be able to picture the film in my head, and you know, if I can't go to the cinema, I might as well just read a film instead. I guess. I mean, how faithful is the? Um... Is the novel? To, is the, well, I guess the the novel came first, didn't it? So, how faithful is the film to the? Novel? Uh, the ending's a little bit different, um, but yeah, it, it's not entirely dissimilar. I wonder if there is a novelization of the film as well. I bet uh, there is. There's definitely a junior novelization because I got it for Christmas one year, and I think I've still got. <laughs> I think I've still got it at my mum and dad's house. Uh, where I mean, you could take that if you want. Yeah, 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 I might do actually. Yeah. The junior novelization where basically nobody dies and it cuts out all the gory bits. <laughs>
Yeah, that's that'd probably be a, a much more reassuring read. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go for that—the junior novelization of Jurassic Park. Ah, uh, fantastic. Um, well then, Matt, this has been this has been interesting. Um, I. I'm going to be doing the editing on this one, so I cannot wait to hear your picks. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't expect I'll like most of them, but it'll be really <laughs> interesting to hear them in context. Cheers, Cheers and, mate. Uh, this... Wait, Merry Christmas to you too, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, I'm, you know, I, I have very, I have very off kilter taste in music, as as this, as listeners will be able to to glean from from the. Uh, the uh, the last hour or so that they've been subjected to, um, so uh, I guess sorry, listeners, for that, <laughs> but also not sorry. Yeah. Maybe some of you, if if any if if anyone has been remotely interested in any of the tunes that you've heard um, on this, uh, do hit me up on Twitter. I will talk prog with anyone anytime. And, and if so, if you don't like it. Um... This is the last time we're going to do this, so don't unsubscribe from the podcast. Like this is a one-off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This... No, we've got uh, got a lot more Doctor Who stuff to to uh, to get to in the new year. Yeah. So um, yeah, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Hope you're having a lovely uh, lovely uh, winter break. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you in the new year for more for more Doctor Who nonsense. Uh, but until then, as always, thanks ever so much for listening, and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com, and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.